change the way you think about yourself. Amen? Let's turn to Ephesians 3.19 really quick. And I'll open in prayer. God, I just praise you and I come boldly before your throne of grace in the name of Jesus. I thank you that it's in the name of Jesus that we preach and teach the word of faith. And so, God, I yield myself to you, spirit, soul, and body, and I thank you that you teach through me, through your Holy Spirit. I thank you, God, that this seed, this word falls upon good ground, good soil, and it brings forth a mighty harvest. I bind every demonic spirit, principality, and power off the word, off any person in this house tonight, any harassing, anything that would try to harass them, whether it be sin, sickness, disease, poverty, whatever, God. We just thank you that you've paid the total price for this, Jesus. And we thank you, God, you said, Beloved, you wish above all things that we prosper and be in health as our soul prospers. So, God, I thank you that you promise total prosperity in every aspect and in every area of our life, and we are so grateful for it. And we're careful to give you the praise and glory. And everyone said, Amen. Um, remember to mark your calendars. The 30th after church, we're going to be going to Klondike's Pizza. It'll be Dutch Treat. Um, that's after the last, gosh, does this have five? Yes, five Sundays this month. So Ephesians 3.19, you all should be there. Smile and, and give yourself a fa face a break. I know today might have been pretty wild out there. It usually is. Amen. If you think you have a wild, talk to Reuben. He's at Starbucks. At what time do you go to work? Three in the morning? What time? Six? And But you get up at what time? Yes. <laughs> so people want their coffee right now in the morning. <laughs> okay, 3.19. Okay, I'm going to go up a little bit here to verse 16, and I'm going to read this out of the Amplified, if you don't mind. May he grant you out of the rich treasury of his glory to be strengthened and reinforced with mighty power in the inner man by the Holy Spirit himself, indwell in your innermost being and personality. May Christ, through your faith, actually dwell, settle down, abide, make his permanent home in your hearts. May you be rooted deep in love and founded securely on love, that you may have the power and be strong to apprehend and grasp with all the saints, God's devoted people, the experience of that love, what is the breadth, the height, the depth of it. Hallelujah that you may really come to know practically through experience for yourselves the love of Christ, which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience, that you may be filled through your being, through all your being, unto all the fullness of God, may have the richest measure of the divine presence and become a holy, a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself. That's powerful. I'm going to go ahead and we can turn that off now if you want to. We've got that warm air out of here. That's all we needed. Um, 
and to know the love of Christ which, pa which passes knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. That's verse 19 in the King James. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you may ask or think according to the power that works in us. So when we're born again, we have that power working within us. Let's look at this again. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we dare ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. The Amplified again says that you may really come to know practically through experience for yourselves the love of Christ which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience that you may be filled through all your being unto the fullness of God may have the richest measure of the divine presence and become a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself. Praise God. Unto him be glory to the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. And I'm going to read verse 20 out of the uh, King James. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we dare ask or think according to that power which works in us. So we have the power of God working in us continually. We need to just let him loose. Amen. We need to learn how to just let him have full control. How we see ourselves has everything to do with our destiny. Everything. How we see ourselves has everything to do with our destiny. Your thoughts affect your outcome. How many know that? In God's eyes, your success is not dependent upon your circumstances. How many realize that? Our success is not dependent on our circumstances. Our success is dependent on God, on His Word. Praise the Lord. And so, in God's eyes, your su success, I'm going to read that again because you might want to write this down, is not dependent upon your circumstances. Let's turn to Proverbs 23, 7. If my success was dependent on my circumstances, we'd be in a bad way much of the time. Amen? Especially the way I remember when we moved to Santa Maria, there was hardly any traffic on the, on the freeway. Now, it's beginning to look like L.A. a little bit here. How many, or Santa Barbara. Let's go there. Like Santa Barbara did when we moved here. So Proverbs 23, 7. And you, we've all heard this scripture to go before. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. As he thinketh in his heart, so is he. I'm going to read this in the Amplified. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. So whatever you think in your heart, whatever, whatever you're truly thinking, you know, the, word, the Bible says life and death are in the power of the tongue. So what we think in our heart sooner or later comes out of our mouth. And so that's why it's so important to, like I taught a few weeks ago on when God took the prophet to the valley of dry bones and, and God asked him, he said, can these bones live? The man was very wise and he said, God, you know, you know, and that's where we need to be. He knows we're full of his power and he knows. He knows what the word of God says and he knows if we stand on that word, 
no matter what the circumstance or situation, the word Christ in us, the hope of glory, will turn the situation around. Amen? So you can believe the lies of the devil or what God, or what either the lies of the devil or what God says about you. You know, the enemy is always, if you notice, trying to pull up your past. He, he tries to bring that up. Well, if you could have, would have, whatever. Yesterday is over. Today is a whole new day, and we need to realize that. God has so much planned for us, so we aren't to continually look at the past. We're to look forward, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. You know, setting aside everything that hems us in and looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. So, in God's eyes, we're successful. As what God sees is us, if we're born again, through the blood. And anything in Jesus through the blood is successful. Amen? God sees you as a success. He planned from the foundations of the earth when he spoke you into existence as successful, prosperous, blessed life for you. Now, that's not to say that you're going to have tests and trials, because the Bible says in, in James 1, count it all, brethren, count it all joy when you encounter diverse tests and trials, knowing that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Let patience have her perfect work, so you may be entire, wanting nothing. Paul said in Philippians, I know how to be a base and I know how to abound, but I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And so these are the things that we need to do speak to ourselves continually when we see circumstances and situations around us that aren't lining up to the word of God. Amen. So let's look at this again. So in God's eyes, your success is not dependent upon your circumstances. You can believe the lies of the devil or believe what God says about you. And I choose to believe what God says. Amen. The Bible says the thief comes not but to kill, steal, and destroy. That's the enemy. And Jesus said, this is John 10, 10. I came to give life and life more abundantly. So Jesus himself said in John 10, 10, that I came to give life and life in abundance. So when you think of an abundant life, when you think of a, to me, I think of a life that, yes, you might go through some tests and trials, but you're going to come out on the other end victorious. Amen? We're just sojourning through this place. We're not going to live here forever. We're going to be out of here and spend, spend eternity with Jesus. So we need to live our lives as, as a person that's going through a foreign country, which this should, this should be foreign to us. Do you understand? You know, when, when you see things taking place around you and you hear about the way that, that the world is, that should be just, it, it, it's foreign. We're not a part of this world. We're a, we're a new creation. We're born again. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. How many know the rest of that? A peculiar people who what? Shows forth the what? The praises of him who has called you out of bondage 
He's called us out of bondage. Praise God. So Satan wants to paint an image on you of the way you see yourself. He wants to paint an image the way he wants you to see yourself. He has an image that he wants you to see. You know, some people are tall, short, fat, skinny, whatever. You know, everybody looks different. They say everybody has a twin somewhere, but whatever. Um, I haven't met my twin yet. I think there's only one. Everybody has their own individual fingerprints and footprints. So Satan wants to paint an image of you the way that, that you see yourself. He wants to make you see yourself as a person that Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy. So he wants to make you, you feel like you don't have any hope. Because he is always bringing forth the opposite of what God said. God said, you're to have the abundant life in Jesus. The enemy wants you to feel like you don't have any hope. That's his job. You know, as it said, count it all joy because he wants to, to steal your faith. It's, let's turn to James a minute. I know I've taught on this so much. We should all be able to quote this without looking at our Bible. Count it all joy when you encounter diverse tests and trials, knowing the trying of your faith worketh patience. The trying of your faith, the trying of your faith. Once I learned that it was the trying of my faith that the enemy was, was after, then I knew I need to guard that faith. I need to guard the measure of faith, the faith that Jesus has given me and build up on that. Let's look at this in verse 2. Consider it wholly joyful, my brethren, whenever you are enveloped or in or encounter trials of any sort or fall into various temptations. Be assured and understand that that trial and proving of your faith bring out endurance and steadfast and patience. Hallelujah. Endurance and steadfast and patience. But let endurance and steadfast and fast and patience have full play and do a thorough work. Let them do their thorough work in us that you may be people perfectly and fully developed with no defects, lacking in nothing. This is what God says about us. This is his whole plan for us to come out of every situation, test and trial on the other side, developed completely developed. Amen? Uh, to me, that's exciting. I don't know, with no defects, lacking in nothing. Let's look at this a little bit more. He wants us to paint an image of ourselves the way he sees us or how we should see ourselves his way. But to live in victory, you must discover God's image. You know, the Bible says God created man in his image image in his image he created man amen and so if we can truly see ourselves as God sees us every limitation will be removed from our lives out of our minds you know the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh well 
the word as we place it, our spirit is alive to God and we need to renew our mind. And we need to start seeing ourselves as God sees us. God does not make junk. Amen. So the devil wants to put limitations there. You can't do that. It's impossible for you to do that. God says, I can do, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You are more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. 2 Corinthians 3.18 Greater is he. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Amen. 2 Corinthians 3.18 But, let's see, I'm going to go up a couple, let's see. Verse 17, now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Verse 18, but we all with open face beholding as a, gla as a glass, as in a glass, the glory of the Lord and are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Glory to God. It says in the uh, Amplified, in verse 17, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, emancipation from bondage, freedom. And all of us, with unveiled face, because we continue to behold in the word of God, as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are constantly being transformed into his very own image. In ever increasing splendor and from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the spirit. Hallelujah. That's so powerful. From glory to glory, he's changing us. He's changing us. Get excited. Paul is saying God's word is like a mirror. Transformed. Transform your thinking. And let's look at Romans 12 too. When what happens, we're to transform this thinking. We're to change this. We're to, to get rid of the stinking thinking that's been around in our lives, you know, for years. I hate to say that. You know, before, I don't know about you, but, you know, we don't look back, but we all had a past that we're not to look back at or remember because we've been redeemed, but we need to forget, forget that past. That's the one thing Paul said, forgetting the one thing I do, he said, forgetting the past and looking forward, pressing on to the mark of high calling, actually one one translation says straining, straining. Have you ever felt like you're straining, pushing through something? Well, you know, I found myself, if I quit looking backwards and I continue looking forwards, then it's not that straining is not, it doesn't seem to be so much straining. Amen. So let's look at this. Romans. 12, 
I've got to find my place too. Let's go ahead and look at verse 1. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service or your spiritual worship, it says in the Amphite, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I'm going to read this out of the Amplified. I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, and beg of you, in view of all the mercies of God, to make a decisive dedication of your bodies, presenting all of your members and faculties as a living sacrifice, holy, devoted, consecrated, and well-pleasing to God. Let's look at these three things. Holy, devoted, and consecrated, actually four, and well-pleasing to God, which is your reasonable, rational, intelligent service and spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world. So in other words, don't allow the world's ways to grab a hold of you and start thinking as the world thinks. Start doing as the world does. You know, the enemy will put in your mind, well, you know what? Other people do it. Other fine Christians are doing this. How many know that? You know, well, it doesn't matter who's doing what. If it doesn't line up with the word of God, we can't do it. Amen? How many have ever had, am I the only one that's ever had that thought? Well, you know, um, so-and-so's do. I mean, you know, as pastors, we see other pastors doing some things that we, that we wouldn't do. And I'm not judging them, but some pastors drink. Pastor and I don't drink. I used to be an alcoholic. I'm not going to be, if I take one drink, it's over. You understand what I'm saying? That's, that's a dead, that's dead, dead, is dead. That, that part is dead, and I'm not going to pick it back up like pastor does the, the thing with the jacket, if you want to throw it on the ground, take it off and throw it down and the thing's trying, you know, trying to get you to pick it up again, you walk away from it. So let's look at this. Don't be conformed to this world, this age, fashioned after and adapted to its external superficial customs, but be transformed, changed by the entire renewal of your mind, by its new ideas and new attitudes, so you may prove for yourselves you know, there are some things that we have to prove for ourselves in the Word. I could sit here and talk to you. Pastor could sit here and talk to you. But you have to prove this, that yes, this Word is truth. God is not a liar. He does not change. You know, those are three things that you have to know. God is not a liar. He is truth. And His Word, He will not change his word is truth. He's not a liar and he will not change. You could cry, holler, have a fit, whatever, and get God to try to change you or change this situation and tell you it's okay to do this. He's not going to. It does, he, he's just not going to change. You know, trust me, I've tried it. <laughs> it does, it's not going to change. He'll start, you know, Never mind, that's old, you know. He's not going to change. Um, 
so that you prove for yourselves what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God, even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in his sight for you. Hallelujah. <laughs> he's just not going to. He, he's truth. He's 100% love. He's 100% truth. How, how did you say it that day? Do you remember, Dan, that morning? Okay, let's all turn there. This was really good. We were when we were in a class one morning. Okay. You sure? Pardon? Anyway, say what you said. That was good, the way you said it. I'm pretty sure it's somewhere right around Psalm 89. Okay. But it says, uh, justice and judgment are the foundation of the throne of God. For him. 14. But justice and judgment are the foundations of the throne of God. And when it's talking about justice and judgment, it's talking about the ability to render a decision. And the truth of God is that He's never, ever going to change. The Bible, when we when we look at the Bible, when we're talking about the Bible, we always try to put it in the context of our own modern society. <laughs> but the Bible was written from the beginning to the end. It's written to every generation. So the Bible was still true at the time of, of Moses. It's still true at the time of, of Abraham. It's still true in our generation. It's going to be true to your grandchildren's grandchildren. The word will remain forever. It's settled and fixed in heaven. It can it can never change. And, and what ends up happening is people want truth to be accommodating to their lifestyle now. People want truth to be accommodating to what society is dictating. But God is truth. His word is truth. And it's never he's never ever going to change. That truth will always remain the same, no matter what the the generation is, no matter what the people are trying to put forth as truth, no matter what the, the latest fad is, the word always remains. And, you know, it's, uh, the Bible says that the word is settled and fixed and that the word will remain even in heaven. So after the rapture takes place and we're living in, in heaven, we've moved on from these bodies and we're living with him eternally, the word will always be the same. It's Amen. It's the one thing that's settled and fixed forever. It's so powerful. We, I don't remember what I was teaching on that. Was in was it the last book or this? I can't remember, but it was so powerful. We're about two, kinds of two kinds of righteousness. And what was it? Verse eighteen or no? Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Mercy and loving kindness and truth go before your face. And ev and like he's and like Dan said, I'm going to put this on the tape. I should have had you just speak into it. Like he said. It was written from beginning to end. You can't change this. You cannot change this. God, God is, it's set. Once it was spoken into existence, it's set. Amen. Thank you for sharing. I appreciate that. So we see that. And where am I? Did I flip it? Okay. Um, in Romans eight thirty seven. That is really good when you think about it. Can't change him. He knew, you know, 
I, I often think about the, well, I definitely wouldn't have wanted to be in the dark ages, that's for sure. But I think about those people that came across in covered wagons, what that was like, but the word was still the truth for them. Even during the dark ages, the word was still the truth if they would have found it. Amen? We, can allow, we cannot allow this, the, this darkness that's come, come over our country. We as Christians, we are the light. And we need to go forth as light. We are the salt of the earth. We're the light that's here. You know, I have on, on my page, I believe I have a, like Pastor shared Sunday, I have a match that's lit and there is no shadow to the light. And so that's powerful. And so let's read um, Romans eight thirty seven. So we found out that we become trans transformed by the renewing of our minds. And once we, we make a quality decision, I am not going to conform to this world. You know, I heard somebody one time that was kind of making up uh, for their children because their children had decided to get rebellious. And they said, well, you know, we're in the 80s, you know. And I said, what difference does that make? 80s, 90s, 70s, 60s? Whatever generation, it's, there's no difference. And so we can't, we can't look at that like that. And so in, in Romans 8, 37, and let's look at this. I am more than a conqueror. I am more than a conqueror. God made it so we are more than conquerors. He, like he said, this is in stone. What God said is in stone. If he says I'm more than a conqueror because of what Jesus did, then I am more than a conqueror. Let's look at this. Romans 8, 37. Yet amid all these things, we are more than conquerors and gain a surpassing victory through him who loved us. Hallelujah. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. And then it goes on to say in verse 38, and I love this verse, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing, nothing, unless we walk away. He will not, and even to the backslider, he's constantly on them. You know, the most miserable person in the world is the backslider. They're the most miserable people in the world. Philippians 4.13. You know, when they come back to the Lord, they'll tell you, I didn't enjoy being out there. It was horrible. So we might have relatives or something that have decided or people we know that are out there miserable. Philippians 4.13. Okay. I love this one. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. All things. 
He, it says in the Amplified, I have strength for all things in Christ, the Word, who empowers me. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through Him who infuses inner strength into me. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. Rich beyond limits is what I have written in my Bible. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. In Him. It, you know, if you get that little book, that, that In Him book, all the scriptures that are in Him, um, God is so good. I just can't even look at this. It can't. The word can't shouldn't be part of our vocabulary. If he says, I can, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you, then when we say, I can't, we are... Hey, I'm going to be blunt. We're, we're calling God a liar. Because that's totally opposite of what he just said. Amen? So I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Philippians 4.13. Is that what your Bible says? So can't shouldn't be a part of our vocabulary. It limits the word. When we say, I can't, or you just don't know, God can't can't work through this situation. I remember one time, and I've shared this before, that one of my kids had gotten, you know, wacko for a while. And, and um, I was up all night telling God, I started out telling him, well, you know, you, you say you cannot change a person's will. And, you know, I, had, I was long old time conversation by myself. And after a while, God said, who said? I didn't say that. That was my old teaching in the church I was born again. And he said, I never said that. He said, you heard that, but that's not what I said. And I said, well, I need some scriptures to back this because it was a real situation. And um, so he told me to look up Jonah. And so I went there and you know, as God was talking to Jonah, Jonah turned and walked away. Well, what happened to Jonah? God says, yes, I do deal with people's will. Jonah ended up in a big old fish out there. And that is no, you know, all that bile. I mean, this, this fish, God made sure that this fish had an upset stomach. I, I heard someone teach on this time. One time it was hilarious. All that bile and stuff getting ready, you know, before you throw up, it's not real pleasant what goes on in your, in your intestines. And so he just was in there for three days and all of a sudden the fish went up and just, you know, it was a big fish. So he must have hurled him quite far. And he ended up on the shore. Can you imagine all the junk that was on him? These people before would not repent and they repented and turned around. And, and he still gets mad at God for saving these people. And God had to really deal with the man. I pray to God that none of us are ever that hard hearted. 
And then he told me to look at Paul, Saul of Tarsus. He said he, was, he had a journey and he was going off to complete what he was doing and that was right, literally part of killing the Christians. And God dealt with him on the road to Damascus and changed his will around. So don't ever say that God can't or he won't. He will. You speak his word in Mark eleven twenty one. Let's turn there. Can't. God doesn't like the word, I can't do this, God. Or you're not going to work. It's, you know, the enemy is always going to tell you, this isn't going to work out this time. You know, when we, um, and I've shared this before, all of you haven't heard it. When we got done at Rama and we were ready to, we were offered a position in Oxnard to start a school of ministry for a gentleman. And we had our house up for sale, and I've shared the story about the fiance of this guy. Just He kept telling her he wasn't going to buy the house, and it looked like he was not going to buy the house. And the Lord told me, do not say a thing outside of what the word says. Do not. Hold your, you are to hold your tongue and do not say anything. And it went through. Up to, the, up to the night before the day of the sale, the, when it was to, to, what is it, to sign it. They do things different in Oklahoma. Up into the morning when we went to the, I think it was an attorney's office because they do things differently there. We didn't know in the natural that that man was going to show up. God did. But I could have completely ruined it by opening our, my mouth, or he could have, or whatever. We just had to just zip it and believe God. I mean, sometimes you are in the 59th minute of something. 59th and 59 seconds of it. How many have ever been there? And God will always come through. Amen? So, when we speak his word in Mark 11 get there 21 and Peter remembered um, and Peter remembered and said to him master look at the fig tree which you doomed has withered away and Jesus replying unto them said have faith in God constantly actually it says have the faith of God and so what Jesus said came to pass, and so we need to watch ourselves and speak to mountains. It says mountains will move. Look what Jesus says here. He says, I, For verily I say unto you, that whatsoever, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and, not, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he says. We must say, remember the woman with the issue of the blood. She kept saying, if I but touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. If I touch the hem of his garment. She had her focus on the hem of his garment. And there's a te whole teaching on the hem of the garment, what was there. She had to literally, you know, she was weak. She had to literally make her way through there, plus get down 
to the ham and Jesus said, who touched me? And the disciples told him, what do you mean who touched you? Look, look around. People are pressing in on us all around us. And yet she had the faith to be, receive the manifestation of her healing. Virtue came out of her. Very powerful. So when we speak, when we speak his word, mountains be moved, mountains in your life, things that have, have been there. As you speak the word and you say to that situation, be thou removed in Jesus' name and you take the word of God that you're standing on. If it's a marital problem, take the word on scriptures on marriage that promised on marriage. Speak whatever it is. Speak the word and the mountain has to move. The word has power over the mountain, in other words, or the situation. Okay. In Joshua 1, 8 through 10, and then I think we're going to close here. Are you getting anything? Say, well, I've heard it before. We need a fresh up course here. Amen? You need a refresher course all the time on what you say, who you are, what you think of yourself. You know, people can be extremely cruel. And you just have to put on your, your big girl um, clothing and or big boy clothing and stand up against the enemy. I think about David and Goliath and all the all of them going and he comes over there and he's, you know, he's just short and ruddy and he's looking at these, what, why are you allowing this, this, he didn't even see him as a, as a giant. He didn't go and say, you know, uh, this giant, whatever. It, he, he, his height did not even bother him. It was who, the God that he served was all powerful as far as he was concerned. The lion, the bear, the things he had fought before, he was prepared and ready. This, this is nothing. So in Joshua 1, let's look at this, and, and we know that he picked up, took his slingshot, picked up rocks, took it. I can just imagine, we get to heaven, I really believe that there's going to be some way we can see these things. Took it and the power of God took that stone and killed Goliath. Knocked him flat. You know, many people say, why did he have more than one stone? Well, I believe personally for the brothers. If, <laughs> if the brothers wanted to come, he was prepared. You know, we always need to be prepared. Amen. So in, in Joshua 1, And we're going to start with verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses my minister, saying, Moses my servant is dead, now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all these people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that your sole of your foot shall tread upon that have I given unto you. So he said, every place you walk, I've given it to you. It's yours. It's the children of Israel's. 
And I said, as I said unto Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all of the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. God is telling us this, church. Be strong and of good courage. For unto this people shall thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. This is why I'm going to tell you, they can try to blow Israel off the map and they're not going to be able to. They think they can, but they not, they're not going to be able to. Jesus is going to come and stand on the Mount of Olives when he comes back. So he said, inheritance, which I swear to their fathers to give them, only be strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. So he's saying, I like it in the Amplified, this book of the law or the word shall not be depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you shall deal wisely, and you shall have good success. How? Through meditating on the word. You'll begin to see the image of a winner inside of you. You'll begin to see, I'm a winner. I'm more than a conqueror. It will cause you to rid yourself of, of negative thoughts as you meditate on the word and speak the word of God and refuse to take what the enemy's trying to dish out to you. God promised. He said, be strong, confident, verse 6, and of good courage. Be strong, confident, of good courage. He says, be not dismayed. In verse 9, have I not commanded you be strong, vigorous, and very courageous. Be not afraid, neither be dismayed. Dismayed is something that you imagine is going to take place, but it has not taken place. This is where we have to take our thoughts captive and put the word there. We are to live each day at a time, have a goal and vision out there, but let God be God in every day that, that you're there. Sometimes people get so ahead of themselves that they, they get so ahead of God that when they think it should, something should have happened and it doesn't, and they back up and God says, that wasn't my plan for you anyway at this time. <laughs> Amen? So... I'm going to give you in Ephesians 1, 2 through 4, and then we're out of here. Well, we've got five, a little bit. Ephesians 1, we're going to start in 2, because you need these today. And we're done. And if you need healing, 
or prayer, pastor will pray for you. Amen, honey? Be strong. Be of good courage. Okay. Ephesians 1. 2 to 4. May God, may grace, God's unmerited favor, the spiritual peace, which means peace from God and harmony, unity, and undisturbedness be yours from God, our Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm in the Amplified. May blessing, praise, laudition, and eulogy be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual given by the Holy Spirit blessing in the heavenly realm. Okay, verse 4. Even as in his love he chose us, actually picked us out for himself as his own in Christ before the foundations of the world, that we should be holy, consecrated, and set apart for him, and blameless in his sight, even above reproach, before him in love. So I'm going to give, we're going to go verse 5, 6, 7, and 11. In verse 5, um, verse 1, 2 to 4, we're blessed us with all spiritual blessings. Verse 5, for he foredained us, destined us, planned in love for us to be adopted, revealed as his own children through Christ Jesus in accordance with the purpose of his will because it pleased him and was his kind intent. So he, he pretestined us. He, he spoke our lives, what we would be and what we were to do into existence. Verse 6. So that we might be to the praise and the commend, com, commendation of his gracious glory, favor, mercy, which he so freely bestowed on us. I'm going to read it in six. To the praise and glory of his grace, wherein he made us accepted in the beloved. So you're accepted. Number Verse seven, King James, in whom... We have redemption through the blood, the forgiveness of sin, according to the riches of grace. So he has forgiven us. Verse 11, in whom we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. We have obtained an inheritance. We have a covenant with God. A blood covenant through Jesus Christ. What an inheritance. What an inheritance. You know, when, when I see people just kind of get bored with, with, with Jesus, I think, go and read who you are in Christ and what an inheritance you have. What promises we have. So, I'm going to pray. Every eye closed. If you're here tonight and... You don't need know Jesus or if you've been away from him and you need to come back to him. If you would raise your hand and I will pray with you. Anybody? Okay, then I'm going to close the service. Does anybody need prayer at all, Mary? Okay.
and you can come up, right? 